right. Do you want to do the episode intro or should I? No, you do it. All right. Are you ready? No, my legs are stuck to the leather chair. Hey, welcome to the Walk and Love podcast. I am TJ. And I'm Brooke. And on this episode, we are going to talk about marriage. Is what brings us us together today. today. All right, welcome to this episode of the Walk and Love podcast. We are so excited that you've decided to listen. And we heard that you guys enjoyed the embarrassing stories that we mm. told. Um, so nothing like a good poop story to kick off a podcast. <laughs> but we're, we're going to talk about marriage today. And we're going to kick it off with a couple little funny anecdotes uh, through our marriage early on. Um, I think we were getting used to sleeping next to someone because we did some weird things while asleep. In our marriage. So yeah, I, I think I'll let you tell the first one about, um, maybe oh, about you. Yeah. Yeah. So you went through this phase of like waking up in the middle of the night, but only kind of being awake. Like I'm actually not sure if you were awake or not. <laughs> you were awake enough to sort of have a conversation, but yet, but I'd shoot up. You would like bolt upright and you'd often sit, like swing your legs out and sit at the edge of the bed. And I'd like ask if like you're okay, and you, but you would talk to me and then I'd be like, all right, you know, sleep sweet or whatever. <laughs> and you would lay down the other way. And then I'm like, should I tell him? Should I try to move him? This could go badly. Right. So it was just so weird. I'm like, well, all right. Yeah. And I, I used to do that in college too. Cause I would wake up and I would be facing up, the other yeah, way and you couldn't figure, figure out why, why, or why how. I would do that. Um, but it definitely is weirder when you're sleeping next to someone. Yeah. Uh, there was also a time where you, um, were trying to turn my face like a switch. So I, I woke up and you're (laughs) trying to, it's like you were trying to like open a locker or something, but you're like, you literally have your hand on my face. Like a giant knob I'm trying to turn. And you're trying to turn it. And I'm like, you didn't I think there was an alarm going off. In my like, mind. Ah, stop. Ah. <laughs> and I was like, turn it off, which I've never owned an alarm clock with a knob that size. So it still doesn't make any sense. Is that a big head joke? Yeah. <laughs> it is now. One time you woke up in the middle of the night and asked me if I'd go to prom with you. And I was you were concerned. Like dead serious, totally asleep. And I was like, yeah, babe, I'll go with you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you just fell right back asleep. That's amazing. Uh, there have been a couple of laughing fits in in the middle of the night where I Oh, you, yeah, you laugh in your laugh sleep. in my sleep. And it starts off funny. I mean, obviously it's <laughs> funny to you. You're laughing the whole time. But like when that's what I wake up to, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's really funny. And then the harder and longer you laugh, the creepier it gets. And then I think, I, should I wake him? Like I'm always concerned that right. I'm going to like wake you and then you're going to be like devastated that like it was some amazing dream and I woke you from yeah. it. I actually never remember. Like I never remember no, why uh-uh. I'm laughing, but no. You know. Hey, choose joy, right? Even yeah. While you sleep. So those are a few funny things that have happened in our marriage. We have tons more that we'll share throughout our podcasting life. Journey. Journey. Adventure. Um, but we wanted to just give you guys, talk about our marriage and just some things that we do proactively to make sure that we don't, you know, not love each other <laughs> um, and just enjoy our lives together. Um, <clears throat> and so... We've, we've got about six or seven things that we're going to share here. And, you know, our hope is not to just say like, hey, do it this way. You know, our hope is just to kind of just encourage you. Like if, if adding one of these things to your marriage really benefits you, um, then that's amazing. Yeah, um, super. 
you know, because they've really benefited us and we've, you know, we've shared these with a lot of people. So Brooke and I used to shoot weddings all the time together. And, you know, you're with someone seconds <laughs> after they've gotten married and you're yeah. taking photos of them in fields or in the forest or wherever. And, um, they're always like, do you got any tips? And so a couple of these would be our quick tips, you like know, mar- marriage yeah, advice. And, yeah. uh, most of the time they're not really listening. They just like are, they don't want to feel awkward in front of the camera. <laughs> so they're just trying to talk. Um, but I'm going to kick things off with something that I feel like I invented. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and people, we've talked about this before on stories or on the blog or, or different things like that, but it, they're called love favors. And I don't mm-hmm. know. And I'm sort of the person that's like, Hey babe, I have an idea. Let's try this. Oh yeah. Here are the rules. Da, 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 da. And this will be fun. And that like, is if you do this, like, like daily. Probably. So that's me weekly. And most of the time it's total nonsense and we just end up ignoring it. But every now and then there's a little hidden gem in there. And so love favors was a gem really early on in our marriage. Yeah. Like I can still remember the original Ikea furniture we had Yeah, with the blue couch. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was blue couch days, blue couch days, which are early days. Yes. So a love favor is this, a love favor is a question is a favor that you get to ask your spouse mm-hmm. and that they have to say yes to. Yep. And they have to respond immediately, you know, with action. Yeah. Obviously they're driving and you ask them to do something and they don't jump out the car, but like, the, the response yes, when, is immediate. When possible, which is most of the time. Yeah. You get one a day yep. and they are non-transferable. So you only get one a day. You can ask for anything. Which But know that your spouse can do the same. Know your spouse can do the same. So love favors in our house started with real simple things like... Hey, can can you go get me a beverage while I'm sitting on the couch? That's, that's most the majority. That's of like ninety eight percent. That's probably he's why like, I admitted it. He sits down and he's like, Ah, hey, hey, babe, I got a love favor. While for you're you. up, love favor. I'm and like, so it started sort of as like this like little cutesy thing that we did, uh, you know, when we were yeah. first married. And we're like, can you clean the litter boxes? Yeah, yeah. can you clean the like? <laughs> and then like, hey, we're out of chocolate. Will you run to the store and give me chocolate? That's been, yeah. that's been one yeah. uh, that's been used quite a few times. But when just, I was pregnant, mine definitely involved lots of like food, food. Yeah. like going to sheets yep. or going somewhere. Cause I wanted a sandwich of some kind. Yeah. And so at first it started just as this like little cutesy thing that we did. And what I've realized over the years, um, which has been really beneficial to us is that it created an attitude of yes in our house. So yeah. we when we asked a love favor, and we didn't use them every day. We probably barely ever use them now. But yeah. when mm-hmm. we ask each other to do things now, I, I feel like that attitude of yes and servitude is in our marriage because yeah. love favors forced it to be there because we didn't want to brook plays by the rules. I, you know, <laughs> she's terrified to ever break a rule. And uh, and so we, we were always saying yes to each other over and over and over again. And and reacting immediately, which was an important part of it. Because a lot of times you could say, Hey babe, could you uh, empty the dishwasher? And you're like, yeah, I'll get to it. And, and you, and you mean it, you, you mean genuinely it, mean you'll get you know, to it, but you might forget and you know, blah, blah, blah. And so like when, when we were reacting immediately, it did something to, I think it's just the way that we served each other that yeah. has had just like such a beneficial effect yeah. on how we still serve each other. And so yeah. we still use love favors on a daily basis. Um, some of the bigger ones, like one time Brooke was pregnant and she was like, I need KFC. We, I, don't I think, think we've eaten KFC once, once in our marriage. In our we've been married 10 years of marriage. years of marriage, but she was like, I was so pregnant with June and that just sounded amazing. Yeah. And so what's funny is I was telling someone that story the other day and they're like, 
dude, my wife asked for KFC late in her pregnancy too. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It's like a, I don't know. Crunchy chicken. Crunchy comfort thing. Yeah. So Love Favors is a big thing that we totally recommend. Yeah. Um, It's been super beneficial to us. And And like we talked about in a previous episode of like naming things, calling it what it is, I think giving it the term Love Favors and saying like, yes, this is my love favor for the day. Can you do this one thing or yep. get this one thing or whatever? It, you know, cause like me, I do forget to unload the dishwasher if you just casually ask, right. but knowing that that was your one love favor for the right. day or back when we didn't have a dishwasher yeah. <laughs> and we were doing it by <laughs> hand, like it just kind of drew out the importance of it yeah, so it may- that I was like, okay, yes, this is actually very important to yeah. him today because it's his love favor. And right. so I'm going to. I'm going to make sure that happens and do it right now. Right. It makes your spouse the priority, you know, yes. and, and that is a feeling that we all want to feel from our spouse. We want to yeah. feel like we're a priority to them and like not what we've asked for gets lost in the daily shuffle of life. Right. Um, and like for Brooke, she forgets about stuff more than I do. Yes. And so that's harder for me to understand. Like, how did you not remember that? And I can feel myself getting more frustrated at that than she probably does at me when I forget something. Um, yeah, because I'm like, that's fine. I forget stuff yeah. all the time. <laughs> so, so the love favor kind of helped sort of make that feel like, make me feel like a priority, which I always really appreciated. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. The yep. second thing is a super simple thing. Speaking of dishes and d- dishwashers. Dishes. So we didn't have a dishwasher for most of our five, At least six, five years. six years of marriage. And so we had to do all our dishes by hand. And I, H-A-T-E. <laughs> Doing the dishes. In case you're listening with kids. With a fiery passion of a thousand burning suns. Yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah. And so I never wanted to do them. So I, again, came up with a rule. I made a deal with Brooke because she feels a similar way about laundry. Yeah. Maybe not as intensely. Maybe not a thousand burning suns. Maybe like 20 burning suns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she, 21. <laughs> 21. Um, so she, <laughs> so she, uh, so we made this deal. Hey, you're totally completely 100% in charge of the dishes yep. and I'm totally completely 100% in charge of the laundry. And what's interesting is I think that those two chores in households cause the most friction. Yeah. Or can for sure. I have memories of my parents arguing about the dishes. Right. Like, Sorry, mom and dad. Um, but uh, like, and so we eliminated that stress point, that friction point by just giving it a name, calling it who it was. Like, yeah, that's for you. That's for me. And so one, like if the laundry wasn't done, I couldn't blame Brooke, mm-hmm. you know, because it was my fault. Yeah. If the dishes were piling up, she couldn't blame me because it was her fault. And so it allowed us to take ownership of those two jobs. But then it also did something else, which was really interesting is it allowed us, it gave us a very physical and tangible way to like go out of our way to love each other. So mm-hmm. like if I saw that the dishes were getting piled up and Brooke might've been stressed or tired or whatever, I or could go, a wedding at the time. <laughs> I could go and do those dishes to completion and not only feel good about them, like where normally I would be like swearing under my breath at every <laughs> swipe of a dirty dish, I could actually feel good. Like I was loving my wife really well and vice versa for the laundry. So yeah. that is one thing early on that we did that just, I think, avoided a lot of nitpicking, a lot of fighting, a lot of just like, Meh. yeah, for Why? sure. It was your turn. I did a last time, it was, you know, you know, again, it's all about 
I feel like all of marriage is just like expectations, yep. communication, yep. calling things what they are, naming things. And so that's what we did. We were yep. like, you're doing this. I'm doing this. Yep. Let's check in in a year and see if we still like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And we did or, that for five years. We did. And and there were times where we would switch for like a week or yeah. two just to like switch it up in the name of that. But and, uh, we always ended up switching back because that's just what just, worked better for us at the and time. And then... Um, that's kind of morphed as we've had kids into like bedtime and cleaning up after yes. the chaos of well, the Well, we did day. get a dishwasher, so yeah, that so, was... Praise the Lord. God yes. is real. God is real. Um, God. <laughs> and so now... Which made the dishes easier. The dishes easier, yes. so it like felt like less of a swap. So now the deal is... Brooke handles bedtime. I clean up after dinner. I put all the dishes in the dishwasher. I clean up the kitchen. I clean up the family room. And she handles bedtime, and that's sort of where the swap... Yeah. And... Because I felt like she was getting the worst end of the deal because bedtime can be a it's lot. It's just longer and more. It's a more emotionally taxing. I have taxing now added than, uh, laundry back to my side. So yeah, I collect yeah. laundry and I do it all and I put it all away. And so that is kind of the split now. Yeah. And if Brooke yeah. Is- so like dinner happens and then I go upstairs and the girls do baths. Almost every night, not necessarily because they're that disgusting, but because it's the routine of it. And it sort of is the start of, hey, bedtime is yep. starting to happen. That's what we're doing. Um, I know that's really helpful for Sunny because she's, you know, only a year and a half. And then I hang out upstairs. I try to tidy both girls' rooms and like make our bed if I haven't already before June jumps jumps onto it after her bath and like watches her show or whatever. And then you're in the basement. Yep. You're in the basement doing laundry because you want to watch a show or you want to do something yep. downstairs, but you've added your laundry in and it's, and yeah. then once the girls are down and, and so that you've all, done your laundry, we, <clears throat> we meet back up. Right. And that's allowed <laughs> us to like one, separate those two responsibilities, make us feel like we're both accomplishing what we need to do yeah. for, uh, for our family. But what it really has done as well is like, it has set the table for the next day. Which so, is huge. Yeah. So we clean up. Everything's put away. Everything's cleaned up in the downstairs. And granted, we live in a 900 square foot house, so there's not much uh, space. Babe, it's technically 1,050 feet. Okay, sorry. 1,050, so <laughs> no big deal. Or a big deal. Um, <laughs> and so we, uh, so yeah, so it really sets the table for the next day, which again, just helps our marriage, benefits our family, yeah. allows us to like not wake up and be like, oh, this is what our house feels and looks like. Yes. And every day I'm like, I don't want to do it today. I don't want to do it tonight. I'm not going to clean up. I'm just yeah. going to leave it. I'm just yeah. going to leave it. And I know that it's <laughs> worth it for the next day. And I always talk myself into it. Yes. Um, and so that's sort of like splitting jobs and understanding the roles of those jobs within the house. That's kind of what that rule is. It started with dishes and laundry, but it's kind of morphed and evolved into other things. And so it's been really beneficial to us, which kind of leads us into our next thing, um, which is just the Brooke had mentioned the word just a couple minutes ago, expectations. And so yeah. we talk about expectations so often. And we do. One of the big ways that we do that is when someone's leaving. So if Brooke's going to Target with the girls and I'm at home, the la- you know, I'll say I love you and we'll make out passionately right before she walks out the door. <laughs> Our neighbors love us. Yeah, it's really cool. And um, but then I'll ask her, you know, uh, what are your expectations of me? 
because yeah, yeah, I think a lot of fights and arguments in marriage happen because there are unmet expectations, but so often those expectations they're aren't uns- explained. They're unsaid. They're, they're unsaid. unmet because they're unsaid. Yeah, and so you're getting mad at your spouse because they didn't empty the dishwasher, but you never asked them to empty the dishwasher. You never prioritized that in their mind. Yeah. And so they come back and they're like, well, sorry, I, you know, I just played Xbox for the last two hours, but that's why I thought that was okay. <laughs> you didn't ask me to do anything. Um, and so asking that question, especially when we leave, is really good because that allows us to like prioritize what we're going to do when the house is empty. Uh, you know, that changes as you have kids because you really need to prioritize things because they're little monsters that never leave you alone that you love with your whole heart. Um, but that question has really benefited us and allowed us to avoid sort of conflicts that we might've had earlier on. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like we, we were, more inclined, I think, to talk about expectations because we've also worked together for so long. And so at work, it's like very common to talk about expectations, you know, even when you're working for yourself or with each other, you know, but I assume if you go to a quote, normal job, your boss and your coworkers, Mm -hmm. like you're all probably talking about like, what are you expected to do today? And what, what, what is on my list today? And like, you know, they're all good things to talk about. And then I feel like a lot of people come home and, and you just don't say anything, right. you know, then, or you, you say it in a way that's like passive aggressive. Yes. Kind of. I know. Yeah. Are we, are we just moving forward with all our kids always listening when we say podcasts? How many words <laughs> do I have to spell? Um, yeah, you're just not nice about it. Yeah. And so all that to say, because we've worked together also for 10 years or more, um, I feel like we kind of took that whole idea of talking about our expectations. We kind of brought that home. Right sooner. And that was so helpful realizing like, Oh, I do have expectations about Mm -hmm. who's mowing the lawn or, you know, I just, anything that you, you have the expectation. And if you think you don't, you do. And maybe the expectation is I have no expectations. Right. And we say that to each other sometimes you'll go run errands with the girls and I'll say, what are your expectations of me? And you'll say, I have none. And it will be like a fat, like the hallelujah chorus starts playing. Cause I'm like, I can do whatever I want. Right. Not that Brooke's telling me what to do, but it, right. it, no, no. it, it allows me to be like, okay, well then I can relax. I can yes. actually enjoy relax, you know, relaxation. Yeah. Um, the expectation talk though, that led to the family calendar being created. That did. Yeah. Which has been super helpful for us, um, yeah. to like write down those expectations and have them mapped out week by week. Um, and so, yeah, so family plan calendar.com if you want to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was just a totally random plug. I'm not, you know, but it is great. It's wonderful. It's the best thing ever. Um, so expectations kind of has helped us avoid fighting, avoid arguing, avoid us getting irritated at each other. But we actually also have a rule when we do, when Mm. we did get irritated at each other that one time, (laughs) that one time, (laughs) which time are you remembering? Uh, Just the one time. Say it on the count of three. I've never been mad at you. One Two, I don't know. Three. When you when you were so mad that I got that screw stuck in the wall, but oh, you got it stuck man. in the wall. Yes. We were oh. trying to hang this floating shelf oh. in our house back this is the, when this is a low moment in marriage for me. <laughs> back when June's room oh. was like our office. I'm so embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Well, you said we make out on our front porch. I'm equally as embarrassed. <laughs> um 
we're trying to hang a floating shelf. Yep. I tried to do my due diligence and like I used the stud finder. I found yep. the spots. I had them marked because I was like, I don't want him to get frustrated. You know, because well, early on housework would make me frustrated. I've yeah. gotten a lot better at doing it. Well, and you've just learned you're, yeah. you're way more capable yeah. now, which is often where yeah. frustration comes from. Um, but anyway, it didn't work. I Somehow, ended up taking the shelf down, cutting the screw off because it was stuck in the broke. wall. The screw broke. It was that stuck in the wall. I so we had to like cut it off, the wall, painted it the out. Wall, like, it was just like, it was, it was just the worst case scenario. Yeah. And we don't, well, we do have a couple floating shelves, but I've hung them all yeah. since then. But, <laughs> but, but anyway, yes. That so that, leads that, us that to one our time. Rule. That leads us to our rule. So this is a rule that I didn't even necessarily realize we had until... Um, it was, I I guess I only voiced it like a couple months ago when we were in Hawaii with a bunch of friends. And one of the questions that was asked to our little group was like, what's your, I think, I think Jefferson said like, what's your best marriage advice or marriage tip or something Mm -hmm. about like marriage and family. And everybody kind of went around in the circle and they were all excellent things. And I realized that mine was that when we fight or disagree or are even just are frustrated, right you know, add a screw in the wall. Um, we, <laughs> we don't yell. We don't yell. We don't raise our voices. And, and I, I, I'm realizing that that came from the years, multiple years of me basically not having a voice. I mean, I had a voice, but it was, you know, it wasn't until my right, surgery yeah, almost four years ago. Son of vocal cords. Yes. In case you're new here, welcome. I have had two voice surgeries. Um, the first one was four years ago. And I, I, it was like a loud whisper. Yeah. I would say it was my yeah. voice. Like I could talk. It she was, got the question, oh, are you sick? Are you all sick? The time, which don't ask people that if they don't have a voice. Cause you never know what the reason is. I know. Yeah. So, pro tip out there for <laughs> yeah, you. Pro tip. Um, but I think even back then it, I'm, I'm sure I said something and I was just like, you can't yell when we get frustrated right. because it's so unfair. Yeah. I, I literally can't. And so you'll dominate the conversation. Yep. And that then, me as a nine on the Enneagram, the peacemaker, that makes me close up even more right. feeling like I'm not being heard, let alone I can't be heard because right. of my voice. So obviously so, yeah. my voice is back and I've had another surgery and like things are all right, but we really don't Yell or raise, raise our, our voices. voices. <clears throat> I even try not to have like... <clears throat> I try not to yell between floors, right. like in the house, because I, I can't and I yeah. shouldn't do that to my voice. So I will make the effort to at least stand at the bottom of the stairs, if not go halfway up. Right. Again, our house is very small. So standing at the bottom of the stairs is is enough. And I think a lot of people out there will listen to that and be like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I, you know, if we fight, I, I always yell. But Or they will they will yell. They will yell. And yeah. then I would just challenge you and say, why? Why yeah. not just try not to? Like just have some self-control. Like we, have, we have intense conversations, yeah, we've had some, I would say. Some serious disagreements. Um, and I've been seriously frustrated. I feel like most of them are my fault, full disclosure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is fun to feel that way. <laughs> but you know, it really does it it, it de-escalates the situation because all yes. yelling is going to do is going to escalate the situation and make someone who has a quick wit or a quick tongue say something that they don't actually mean. Which would have been me most times. Yes, because I'm you are quick, way, you yeah. know. Not only are you faster to just think about things and what you want to say. Yeah. You're also. Clever and yes. yeah, humorous yeah, yeah. and not always the best way. It's gotten <laughs> me in trouble occasionally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just challenge you guys out there. If you, if you are a yeller and you yell in arguments, just try not to. 
you know, and, and set that expectation, you know, yeah, talk hey, about it. We, if the next argument we get in, it's going to happen. Let's try something. <laughs> Let's try not to yell. And, and that has even led to like Brooke, as she mentioned, being a nine, she'll close up and I'll say, no, like, let's talk about this. Get, yes. tell me what you feel. Yes. Get to it, you know, because I need to know because otherwise I'm just going to assume the worst. Yeah. And, and, and so like, we're not okay. And there's times where like, I don't want to talk about it. And I just right. like, and, and, and she knows that like, I just need a minute. I'm going to go on a run or I'm going to go do something else. or I'm going <laughs> to anger clean for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> that's the best. The benefit, of, clean that's the benefit of arguing is I anger clean. So, uh, I learned that from my mother. Come out here and argue by the car. <laughs> Come out here. Come here. The car's really dirty. I'm going to tell TJ he's kind of Love fat today. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, but just set those expectations beforehand and then, you know, really try to stick to them and be okay to say, hey, you're starting to raise your voice. We said we weren't going to do that, yeah. which might make that other person fume with anger. But, you know, hopefully, they, lo- about hopefully they love you enough to just say, okay, yeah, I'm going to calm down. So that's been a really big one for us. Um, yeah. is not yelling. Yeah. We've uh, been able to actually fully talk through yeah. things and not just get to like 70% through the problem yep. or the issue and then be like, you know, yeah. and there have been times we'll where we've later. talked and we've been frustrated and then we cry and you know, like it's been a serious conversation, but because we keep pushing through and it's never been escalated to the point of a slamming door, yeah. we've been able to like find some serious growth in those tension filled moments yeah. that have benefited our marriage and our love for each other more so than just like, bah, you're the worst. Bah! Yeah. You know, you're the murderer of love. So good. So that's, that's another thing. And then well, one of the last, we got two more that we're going to share. One of them is to give and receive alone time, which we talked about, two podcasts ago in Mm -hmm. the rough year that we had, how I like to go to the movies by myself. Brooke likes to thrift, but in marriage that has been super valuable. Yes. To have become one and we are, you know, together and united in, in, in everything that we do, but we also like to do things on our own. And I think that's okay. And I think that that refreshes people. It might refresh some more than others. Like Mm -hmm. Brooke, we're learning now that like her alone time that she wants is alone time at home. And so yeah, for me to, al- yeah, exactly. for me to give her that alone time, I need to take the girls and go do something, go find some activity that takes up a long period of time so that she can have that alone time at home. For me, I want to go somewhere. So like, I want to go to a coffee shop. I want to go to the movies. I want to just like go out and drive and listen to a podcast or whatever. And yes. so my alone which time looks a little different. So perfectly leads to the last thing. Yes. Which does. Because lead I was going to say that is our personality yes. in a nutshell. And so the recent addition that has really benefited our marriage has been the introduction of the Enneagram, which I would say thank you to Jeff and Alyssa Bethke because they sent us that book and they kind of started us down this road. Yeah. And we, I'm usually really hesitant about the personality tests. I'm yeah. like one of those people that are like, whatever, like, or, or hesitant te- about like know. I feel anything like, everybody's doing yeah, and raving about. Yeah. You're just like, no. I still haven't seen the movie, the blind side just <laughs> for that exact reason. <laughs> never, <laughs> never will I watch that Sandra Bullock. Um, <laughs> but you don't know me, Sandy. Yeah, yeah. But we have dove into the Enneagram probably deeper than I have because I'm a little bit slower to get to that stuff, but it has helped us so much to understand why we do each each things, why we get frustrated, why Brooke gets frustrated, how we can sort of help each other, benefit each other. Um, and that has been just really, really, really helpful to just know who each other are 
and what, yeah. you know, so like Brooke's a nine wing one, um, and the wing one, the perfectionist, when she said it, I was like, oh man, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, and, and I think we've said this before, but the interesting thing is that both TJ and I, if, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, you'll appreciate this more. If you're not, you should familiarize yourself so that you're not alienated from every podcast we talk about from here on out. Um, <laughs> we both tested as threes, which is, I think somewhat common, especially right. just with our profession and yeah, just what, what we do. Like self-employed. Absolutely. Like. We achieve stuff. Um, so that's why I think that's one of the main reasons we tested is that, but through actually digging deeper, reading books, listening to some things, doing a little more research. They always say to take the test, but to self-evaluate yourself. Yes. Um, and so when we did take the test, we were just like, ah, that doesn't sit right. So it's only recently that I was like, okay, I know I'm a nine, but I'm definitely not a nine wing eight, which is like the challenger, the boss. I said, so the only other option is to be a nine wing one. And I hadn't really let myself consider that because mm-hmm. I would not consider myself a quote perfectionist. perfectionist. I just wouldn't. I, I I am now more so that I'm understanding what that looks like for me mm-hmm. and not just like what it looks like for the totally type A personality right. who's like this, this and that. Yep. Um, but it's been huge and it, it has really helped us understand ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that allows me, I think, to show TJ more grace because I'm now also understanding him more, but like it, it totally goes both ways. Right. Like, it's not just that I learned way more about his personality and now I get it. It's like, I'm continuing to learn more about myself, which then feeds my appreciation and understanding and mm-hmm. grace for like, he's still figuring out himself yep. and like how that continues to grow as we learn about it. And mm-hmm. It's just been super, it. super helpful. I'm a seven wing eight, the enthusiast, which is why I'm like, Hey, I have an idea. Hey, I have an idea. Hey, we should try this. Hey, let's do this. Hey, yes, what do you think about you have this? Alone time. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm yeah. going to go to a coffee shop. Yeah. I'm going to go out. I have alone time. I'm like, everybody leave me. <laughs> I need some silence. Touch on. Um, so yeah, so that's been super helpful. And just that's been a new addition, which will lead us to our last sort of advice for marriage is like, never stop working at it. And I think that that seems obvious, but I think a lot like Brooke just used the analogy when we were talking about the show before we started was like, you don't go to work and show mm-hmm. up the first day and just be like, all right, here I am. I'm here. Tell you me, hired you know, me. You hired me. I have no skills. I have no skills. What do I do? You know, welcome. And I'm not going to learn anything. So you better start paying me. I think not everybody, but people go into their marriage like that where they think, Hey, I'm here. You love me for who I am, which is true. Yes. But right. you don't actively pursue growth personally and you don't actively pursue growth in your marriage and you expect it to turn out really well. It's just not going to happen. Right. And so yeah. we, we started with sort of these cutesy things that like helped yeah, us say yes to kids. each other. We and like just... we were young and dumb and like, <laughs> you know, D U M B. Yeah. And, uh, and so we, but as we start with those cutesy things, we've kind of developed some more serious things that have really helped us work at our marriage and really have benefited us. And we don't just show up to work, you know, you know, with nothing. We are like, okay, we've, I've been doing this and I'm doing this and you're yeah. doing this and we're doing this. And like, and not that those are like just things to check off your to-do list, but correct. They're, they're, there are seasons of life. I would say yeah. where we aren't actively pursuing all of those things right. because our time and energy yeah. and emotional energy is, is going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But that, when things are good and healthy and we are capable of yeah. talking about it and yeah. processing it, we definitely 
work towards right. well, finding I would say like, the, like the, what's the next? small stuff that we're always doing. Yes. So that's, true. that's not totally true that we're taking things off in seasons. But right, right. I would say we're yeah, actively really like pursuing yeah. healthy things to benefit our marriage. And we haven't just said like, okay, we said I do. Now let's just cruise control, cruise control, which I yeah. think is something that people can get in the habit of because you spend so much time working on yourself at the gym or with your food or at work or blah, blah, blah. And then you come home and you're like, hey, you accept me as I am. I'm going to go sit on the couch and do nothing like that's just not OK. And right. so find things, whether it's love favors or talking about expectations or not yelling or using the Enneagram or splitting the laundry and dishes, find whatever you can to improve your marriage and then keep working on those improvements. Don't mm-hmm. just stop. Don't just give up and say, yeah. Hey, we're good enough this way. Um, and obviously we've kind of done sort of these surfacey things, you know, everything that we pursue in our marriage is obviously, uh, you know, with Jesus at the center. Like I know that there are going to be Christians that live in them. You didn't mention Jesus when talking about marriage. Like <laughs> we're kind of, we're kind of going through like some basic little, you know, things really, really practical, practical things. But that is true for us. You know, we, we have Christ in our marriage and we, we try to pursue him as we pursue each other. So just before I get the message, it says, Hey, you didn't talk about Jesus. There it is. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) So any final thoughts, Brooke, Uh, before we say goodbye? Um, not necessarily. I just think, yeah, I, to echo what you say, I totally agree. It's something that is ever changing and growing and evolving. And I think the main thing is to have good communication specifically about expectations. And yep. that will, that'll clear up a lot of things. You're and giving me a look. Well, I, have a funny, I just thought of a funny story. So I'm going to end with a funny okay, story. So my parents bought Brooke and I this weekend to remember <laughs> workshop <laughs> tickets. When you're engaged. We were engaged. And so it was in Philadelphia. My sister was still going to school in Philly. So we were going to stay with her, go to this workshop two days. And they were talking about, they were like, it was so beneficial to our marriage when we were young. And like, we're like, awesome. Like, she's like, most people are engaged. And like, we're like, all right, great. This is awesome. So we show up and most people weren't engaged. It was like. No, we were one of maybe. Out of hundreds of couples, we were one of maybe 10 young ones. And what's interesting is I've talked to other friends who have gone to similar events and they're like, it was all young people. So like, we must've just hit this like perfect storm of like people who were about to split up. I feel like they were there because they actually needed therapy, but they were choosing the weekend to remember conference. And so Brooke and I are like all young and in love and super excited to be there. And like, we're going to go to Ikea on our breaks and plan our apartment (laughs) and la la la. And we sit down between these two couples who like literally did not speak to each other, which is not funny. No, it's very sad, but it was just like this. You feel the heat like coming off of that. But it was was just like this moment of like, where are we? Why did my parents do this? And so it's right by King of Prussia Mall. We pass it all the time. And we're just like, babe, never forget. We can remember. <laughs> we can remember. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that happened. That we do. Yes. But, you know, one last thing. I know I always say that. Um, I'd love to know what you guys do for your marriage. Like, what are some yeah. of your tips? What are some of the things that you've incorporated into your uh, marriage and uh, how they benefit you? Because we're always looking for new things to try, especially me. <laughs> You're so excited I'm so right excited. Now. Send me a message. Okay. That's it. See you. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you were going to say, okay, I love you. Bye. Okay, I love you. Bye. I love you forever. Bye. See you.